Hello, and welcome to Medicine in the Kitchen, where we empower you with simple solutions to everyday health concerns. Welcome back to Medicine in the Kitchen, episode 64. Once again, I'm Hesul. And I'm Felicia, and we're your guides to empowered health. Today, we're going to be talking about importance of accessibility when it comes to traveling. So we want to welcome Ian as our guest speaker to talk about himself and give us his perspective on traveling. Welcome Ian to our show. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to hear about what you have to share about traveling because you have a really unique perspective and I'm excited to, to hear about it. So we'll, we'll let you introduce yourself. Thank you. So my name is Ian Price. I, I have a company, uh, I Can Resource Group Inc., based out of uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. I am 39. I have a neuromuscular disorder, spinal muscular atrophy type 2, which uh, if anybody has no idea what that is, it's uh, within the muscular dystrophy umbrella, which uh, means I'm in a wheelchair, I have a power wheelchair, I'm also ventilator dependent, and I can't swallow, so uh, it definitely causes some challenges when I go traveling, but I think that's all part of the adventure. It's nice to see, you know, that you're not limiting yourself because of this, and you're willing to explore and go out of your comfort zone and still enjoy the world. Absolutely. Oh, I think there is so much to see and, and I think it really helps um, change my perspective on life and, and um, also help people because I think now that I've traveled to a number of places uh, globally, I, I'd love to share that information and, and just to show people that it is possible. And uh, of course, other people have different barriers than myself, but I think at the end of the day, it's really just about figuring out the solutions to the problems. Uh, there's a lot of logistics, but uh, it can be done and, and it's so rewarding. Yeah, mm. and I, I love that to the the showing people that it can be done because I find um, personally myself with the traveling that I've done when I've gone into check with my specialists or whatnot before leaving for travel. Um, sometimes I would get sort of comments like, no, well, maybe you shouldn't really do that. It might be too risky. Um, so it's, it's cool to see that there, there are ways to, to get around limitations. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I've had those same conversations with my, my specialists here where they're like, Ian, you're crazy. Like, why are you going to a place that is so remote? What happens if you have an issue? And, and I say, well, it's very similar to camping where you have to be self-sufficient. And, uh, and so you, you need to make sure that you have a backup plan and a backup of a backup plan and, and uh, bring all the equipment and medication and everything that, that is needed so that when something goes wrong, and, and believe me, something usually does, um, then, there's a, then we're ready for it. It's not a surprise. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really important. 
And I guess we should get into like what is accessible travel because when Felicia first wrote that on our document, I was like, wait, how is traveling cheap and have anything to do with health? I did not think past that. So if people are just looking at the title of our, of our episode, um, maybe we can give them a little bit more information about what it actually is. Well, I, I think it's a great question, and I hope I answer it correctly. But I, I really think that um, accessible travel, just in my definition, is just being able to explore and not let your barriers or, or not, not let barriers be obstacles, making sure that um, you are up for the adventure and uh, and that you're able to achieve your goals. I love that definition. And I feel like that definition almost encompasses any barrier. So whether it be physical or a health barrier or even even maybe financial barrier. Because yeah, as Hazel was saying, when I when I posted accessible travel, she was like, cheap travel, like, uh, how, what are we gonna talk about that? But that, I guess that is, fi- finances can be a barrier and there can be ways to get around that too. So I, I like that that definition sort of encompasses all the barriers and, uh, and addressing them. Um, well, I guess, you know, with that awesome definition, and Felicia's extra input, because it's true, um, <laughs> would you like telling us like what interests you in traveling in the first place and what makes it easier for you? Sure. Well, as a, uh, as a child living here in the Okanagan, I, I think that my, my parents definitely inspired me to travel. They're both very adventurous and, and um, they would take me out of the wheelchair and put me in the canoe and we would uh, go up and down lakes and rivers. And, and I think that at an early age just really sparked the idea of there's so much to see um, and uh, and there's always a way to do it. Um, so from that, uh, as soon as I was old enough, uh, my friends and I, we thought, you know what? Uh, we're, we're not getting any younger here. Let's go on some epic journey to Europe and, uh, and see how it goes. And so that's really where it started. And I made every mistake I possibly could on that trip. I was not prepared in any way. I had pneumonia. Um, uh, I think it was about a week prior. And so um, even hopping on the airplane for the first time, I was on a, a ton of antibiotics and I had one ventilator and, uh, and we all looked at each other and we're like, this is absolutely crazy. Are we are we really going to do this? And uh, and we did. And it was even though there were a lot of things that went wrong, at the end of the day, it, it was just such an an amazing trip that uh, we're like, well, we have to do this again. And then we started planning our next trip when when we came home. So that's that's the beginning of my story, and uh, it really hasn't stopped um, since. Well, that would be. Uh, about 20 years ago now. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, I, I think it's amazing how you ran into all of these challenges. And it's, I, I feel like there's a certain mindset that you take with you when you're traveling where these challenges are like 
challenges and not barriers. And I, I love that you came home excited to do it again. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. people would be like, oh my God, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but like, here you are, you're like, let's go for the next one. Yeah, bro. It, uh, yeah, not not to get into it too much, but honestly, I I thought I was prepared, um, but just some of the technology that that was available at that time, it was so so unique. Um, the ventilator specifically, that uh, yeah, I I actually within the first week of being there, I ended up in the ICU because my ventilator broke, and and I only had one, and and my suction machine broke. And my wheelchair was giving me problems. And I, I was just every single thing that I, I thought, well, these aren't the obstacles that I need to worry about right now. Uh, this would be fine. I was more worried about transportation and accommodations. And, and it turned out that all of that was smooth. It, it was the things that I didn't predict that, that were... Um, yeah, and that made it hard. But you know what? I, to be there and just to experience another culture and and really learn how how other people live, it was such an incredible experience. That um, we not only were we planning the trip when we got home, we were actually planning the trip on the flight home. So that's how excited we were to get back, and and not just to Europe, but just. And anywhere, like now, now that we had accomplished so much and we were so energized by it, we were like, oh, we should go to Africa. We should, we should go to the Caribbean. We should do, we should do everything. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm obviously passionate about it. Uh, it's not for everybody, but I, I think that travel as well can be not not hopping on an airplane, not not flying around the world, but it can be just like um, traveling through your own town or, or your province or your state or, or your country, just to see, just to see things and, and to learn that life doesn't revolve around your, your house or where you live or yourself, that there's just so much more out there. Mm-hmm. that's true and you touched upon a lot of really good topics even for myself i travel and i'm like no i'm prepared i got everything and like you said the one thing you don't expect boom happens and you're like well now i know for next time kind of thing you know? yes. <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. what are some of the the major barriers that have come up for you so you talked a little bit about sort of that first trip and, and things that you didn't plan for. What are what are some things that some I guess other barriers that you've encountered on your travel? Well I think the the obvious ones are are transportation, um getting onto an airplane with a four four hundred, four hundred and fifty pound wheelchair is always a challenge. Uh, we have a, a crate, a shipping container that we put my, my wheelchair into, and then that's forklifted onto the aircraft. So that, that's a big one. Um, being on the airplane, I, I learned very quickly that you can't plug it in to the aircraft, even though they have outlets. Um, I, I blew the breaker for half of the airplane. Uh, that that was a nerve-wracking experience. Um, what else? The 
uh, accommodation finding, not just finding an accessible hotel, but, but finding a place that is in a central location where you don't feel isolated at the hotel is, is really important. Um, the, the terrain, uh, lots of Europe and, and other parts of the world still have cobblestones. And, yes. and for somebody like myself that has very uh, weak neck muscles, I'm, I'm very much a bobblehead. And so I, I usually look at, at Google Images before I go and, and just check out the terrain and, and see if it's feasible. Um, what else? And then just like the, the activities, like your, your wish list of what you want to see and do, making sure that like you might not be able to, to see and do everything, but make sure that it is realistic and that you are going to take away from it uh, a positive experience and and not come home discouraged thinking uh, why did i go there uh it had stairs or or there was sand everywhere things like that mm-hmm. um and you you talked a bit about some of the challenges we face like um getting the chair onto the plane and the blowing the, the breaker on the flight. I, I believe you told me that story in a Zoom call and I, w- I just thought it was like... The, it's scary. Yeah, yeah. And I actually shared it with Izul when we were talking about having you on the podcast. So if you want to expand more on that story a little bit, I think it's a really great story. Sure. So my... My ventilator has about a five hour internal battery life. And, and I, was, uh, I was told ahead of time that I could just plug the ventilator into the aircraft to charge the battery when, uh, when, we, were in, when we were in flight. And so we plugged, we, we got on board, um, have a whole bunch of Velcro and and duct tape to keep me positioned properly, and then uh, plug the ventilator in, and then all of a sudden everyone's TV turned off on one side of the airplane, <laughs> or at least at least in our our zone, and um, and then the stewardess uh, or flight attendant came and said. Uh, what what did you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I put my ventilator in and and this happened. And so what, what they ended up doing is, uh, luckily I had an extension cord with me. And so they plugged me in to the cockpit, which I don't know if you can do nowadays for safety reasons and security. But um, yeah, it was quite a nerve-wracking experience. Well, I... I don't even have enough battery life to last me the length of the flight. And so now what I do is I bring two ventilators and a whole bunch of batteries. And so I'm good for at least 14 hours. And and so now it gives not only myself, but the airline that peace of mind that, um, that everything seems to be okay. And and of course I have a a, a manual beggar, uh, so that if there was an issue with uh, with the ventilators malfunctioning, then somebody can actually um, pump air into me 
like uh, like you see on TV. So now now I'm prepared. But yeah, that that first experience of plugging it in and then everything turning off was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that was while you guys were still you know on land, not in the middle of the flight. No, no, no. We had uh, we had taken off and oh. we were heading to Europe. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's sometimes scarier. <laughs> yes. That and everybody scary. around me too. <laughs> they, there were there were lots of people that were, were listening to the conversation that the flight attendant and I were having where, where they're like, do, do we need to land this aircraft? So yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and I just, I find it incredible that after an experience like that, you were able to be like, okay, how do I do this differently next time? As opposed to kind of, <laughs> okay, not doing this again. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, it just adds to the excitement. And I, I tell uh, my uh, my caregivers and my friends who, who haven't traveled with me, I say, listen, this is going to be a unique experience for everybody. Like you, you might think you know what it's like to travel, but if you haven't traveled with me and I'm pretty high maintenance, then this will be an entirely different trip for you. And so that that sentence alone can be quite nerve-wracking for most um but that's also how i i find the right people to travel with because everybody has to have that creative and adventurous side otherwise they're not gonna have a very enjoyable trip either and that that's not fun and everybody's tolerance is different like i love my best friend but she is like a child when I travel. So I'm literally, I'm like a single mom with my kid. I mean, mind <laughs> you, she's like in her 30s now, but like, it feels like I'm taking a little child with me everywhere we go. So like, and she's gotten a lot better now. She has definitely gotten a lot better, but I can understand how that can be very stressful for other people. And so like finding the right companion to go with you is crucial because it can make or break the whole trip and the relationship to be perfectly honest yes yeah yeah very well said mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's important and it's it's something that even like i've struggled with with traveling in the past of like are are people going to be willing and, and wanting to help and screening that out beforehand is a great idea and i mean sometimes you know you think everything's good like you said it's the last thing you expect once you're over there. Um, so you've mentioned a bit of how you prepare, like looking at the terrain and making sure that all the accommodations and everything else is good to go. Is there anything else you'll do specifically to prepare for your trips? Yeah, I, uh, preparation. Well, nowadays with uh, social media being such an excellent resource, I, uh, I've joined a lot of accessible travel groups and um and that's been very very enlightening it, it almost uh, takes some of the fun out of it in, in my personal uh experience just because you don't have those surprises um but for somebody who hasn't traveled before or frankly somebody that that wants to be prepared 
I, I think that that's a, a great resource. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm an anxious traveler, to be perfectly honest. So I'm like, let's look and see what I can do to stop the anxiety from going anywhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, like, for, sure. for me would be an amazing resource. So it's good for it, our listeners it, who need it. They can look into that. Yeah. Like, I, I'd say nowadays, um, first thing I do is I uh, go into google images and uh and have a look around um maybe even like a google street view and it, if it's available in in that region and uh and do a little virtual tour and and see what the area looks like like are the um do the curbs have ramps um do you see any buses that look like they they're accessible um does, does every restaurant have five stairs to get into it. Uh, those, those things are, are great to give you kind of a, an idea of what, what you're about to see and experience. And then, yeah, websites, social media groups, um, you can pretty much type any, um, any country, any region, and, um, and then put accessible or wheelchair at the end of it and you'll see if they have um, private van services uh things like that so start there and and really you'll by doing that i find that there are places i didn't even know of that have been uh highlighted for their accessibility like like for example i love uh, archaeology and so anytime i can find an ancient ruin that I can get to, that's just the best. And so if there's something that I've never heard of before that they've um, put effort into making that accessible, well then that's, that's so much easier than arriving and then asking locals, um, do you know a place that I can get my wheelchair into? Because a lot of people just don't know. That is very true. Um, I was hoping you could go into details of, to the story that you told us during our prep call, the San Francisco one and the one in Germany, because I feel like that's something that you guys weren't anticipating and you guys made it work for you. Yeah. Okay. So San Francisco. So I, um, my, my friends and I were doing a, a round, uh, a road trip rather, uh, throughout the, uh, the West Coast of the United States and uh, near the end of our journey we ended up in San Francisco and I, I've always heard great things about San Francisco uh, from from my dad from uh, from songs and movies but but actually going there I didn't realize how uh, how much of a slope everything is at and it was uh, it was hard for me because, uh, like I said before, my neck muscles are quite weak. And so I, I found that I would be going up and down uh, streets and uh, sidewalks and such, and, uh, and I'd be staring at my toes, and, and it really didn't make for, for an enjoyable experience. So after a while, I just started uh, driving my chair backwards which I don't recommend for everybody because that that's a, a, a safety risk, especially if you're you're on your own. But um, but after a while, we figured out that, that I could navigate through back alleys and such, and um, and find the the flattest and the, the shortest routes, and that 
that made it so much better for us. And, and also with that, because I was with friends, then they were able to, to scout out different um, passages, I guess you could say, ahead of time, like a block away, and then give me some direction on, on where to go. Because, yeah, there, there's nothing worse than going somewhere and, uh, and you've, you've traveled for, let's say, I don't know, 10 minutes or, or an hour, and then you find out that it's not accessible at the end, and then you have to double back. And if you keep doing it over and over, it, it can be quite discouraging. And, and that's, I think, an excellent transition into Germany, where we, we weren't plan, planned. Uh, we, we had no idea what we were to expect. And uh, we, we were going through a park, and we were there for about an hour hour or two and it was a, a beautiful day we were having so much fun and then uh, when we reached the the end of the park to get back to the um to the road uh to be picked up by a taxi we realized that there was absolutely no wheelchair accessible ed- exit there there was just a flight of stairs and looking at my wheelchair battery and my ventilator battery I didn't have enough juice to turn around and go back the way we came. And so that that was a very uh, interesting predicament that we were in. And um, luckily, when I travel, I have these very small lamps that I bring with me. And they're good for about one stair. And so what we did, and, and again, I don't recommend this unless you absolutely have to, but one by one, my friends would hold on to the back of my chair so I didn't tip over and I would go down a stair and then we would move the ramp and then I'd go down another stair and then another stair and it took about a half hour but we made it and at the very end of it it was dark and uh and I tried to take photos and just for my own record of uh, what an accomplishment that was and, and what a crazy day it was. But unfortunately, none of the pictures uh, turned out. So when I came home to tell people how crazy this uh, park was, nobody believed me. <laughs> so next yeah, next time I'm in Berlin, I uh, I need to document what what I did and. Um, yeah, it was it was not what we expected, but again, you have to be able to to improvise. Just still, like it fascinates me. It's really amazing that something you know that you don't really think about, and you think, oh, it's an easy fix, and it's like, oh, actually, never mind. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, that's and the the creativity of that. Like, I mm-hmm. I'm so amazed at. And I mean, I guess when you're in that situation, it's like, well, what else can you do? And it almost, being in those situations almost forces you to get more creative. It, it does. Uh, there, there's another one I'll touch upon. Really brief. We were in the, uh, we were in Prague in the Czech Republic and we went to a restaurant and uh, it was absolutely gorgeous we had a, a wonderful dinner and uh great atmosphere and then we realized that the military had blocked off 
the the exit that I came from, and the only way out was a staircase. And so the owner of the restaurant took all of the, the giant cutting boards that they had, and they made me a ramp. And that was the only way to get out. This is like the um, uh, the uh, police officers wouldn't, uh, and the military rather, wouldn't actually let me get out the way that we oh came God. in. So we had no no other choice. And that that was a shock because we we were trying to tell them like, listen, wheelchair, um, stairs, ramp. Like, can you please just open the gate and, and let us through? And, and I don't know what was happening, but they, they absolutely refused to. And and so, yeah, I, I wow. drove down the stairs on cutting boards. Never never thought I would do that, but there you oh go. That's goodness. another story. <laughs> that That is so crazy. And it's also like such a such a great story to share. I'm sure at the time it was super stressful. Um, <laughs> well, especially because uh, I had a couple of beverages and so I, I was a little bit nervous <laughs> driving, making sure that I was actually driving on the cutting boards and not driving off of them. So oh yeah, yeah, what a night. What a, what a way to end a, a nice day. But I mean, those works. things are sturdy and they're pretty wide, but I would still be scared. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, makes for a good story. Every, for every sure. trip has an adventure for sure. So. <laughs> I guess this kind of ties out to like the next question we have for you. Like, what is accessibility and the variations from like country to country? Of course, uh, it's so, so different. I think that, um, there, like, there are places uh, such as uh, Tokyo, Japan, where public transit, uh, their, their train system is absolutely incredible. I, I felt like royalty. I've never experienced anything like that in my life, even here in Canada. Um, we, we have a lot to learn. And, and not just for myself, using a power wheelchair, um, people with low vision or blindness, uh, they, they have such an incredible infrastructure in, in Tokyo. So that, that would be on, on the plus end. And then there are areas such as um, like Simrip, Cambodia, where wheelchair transportation is not a thing. There, there is nothing. Um, and so what we did, which uh, might be a bit nerve-wracking for some, is I, I just drove my wheelchair on the road with all of the bikes and the tut-tuts and the buses and everything, and I just became one of the uh, motor vehicles. So there, I think that gives you some perspective on, on how, how it can vary uh, from country to country. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds um, exhilarating. Maybe is the word I want to I want to use. <laughs> driving your your wheelchair with all the because I I've never been to that part of Asia, but I know like when I was in India, the driving and the tuk tuks and like it it was just like a mess on the road. So I can't imagine just like being there in that mess. 
Yeah, I I learned uh, very quickly for anybody that uh, that ever tries this. Don't make any sudden moves. It, just go with the flow. Don't don't um, abruptly stop. That's the worst thing you can do. And, and just kind of follow the person beside you and uh, and the culture as a whole. Um, everybody is so accommodating and kind that they understood in the beginning they were a bit nervous as was i but after they realized that that we were all trying to get to the same destination uh they they made space for me and and i felt quite accepted i it, it was actually a bit of a culture shock to come back to canada and uh and have to stay on the sidewalks because i was so used to to uh driving on the street with the vehicles and i know that you mentioned japan and the the little lines well i saw them as little lines because i could you know see them and i would be like why is the sidewalk have these bumps on the side like i don't understand and my friend who grew up in in japan he's like it's for those that are visually impaired and it helps and i was like oh so we're not supposed to walk on the side he's like no so like <laughs> it is fascinating how like different cultures use different techniques to help their people but for some of us who are like completely ignorant of what the heck is going on it's like why would they do this to the sidewalk i don't understand yeah i i'm in the same boat i i didn't um i didn't understand i have a friend here <laughs> pardon me i have a, a friend here who's blind and uh and he raved about Tokyo and and it didn't really dawn on me until I made that mistake where I was driving on the uh, on that yellow path thinking that was for for wheelchairs and then and then it, it clicked I was like oh oh this is to put your cane in and it um, it tells you how to get from one station to another which mm -hmm. as a uh, somebody who who can see, uh, I loved it because I, I always knew that if I followed that yellow path, it would take me to the next station. So it, I think it works for everyone. It does. And I, honestly, a lot of the Japanese people usually like, ah, just gaijins, they don't understand, which means like <laughs> foreigners. And I'm like, yes, yes, literally, that is like one of the moments where you're like, yep, gaijins, we really don't know what we're doing. Please tell us. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, I am ignorant. Like, help, help me understand and and help me take this uh, take this knowledge back and share it with others because mm -hmm. uh, it, it's such a simple uh, addition that that I think everywhere should have it. Like, I'm I'm surprised after coming back to Canada. Why don't we have it here? It it, it really wouldn't be that hard to implement it really wouldn't and, and it's so useful yeah but to to each country you know every country has its perks every country has its issues and we just have to learn from one another a little bit yes yeah uh, and, and, I, and i think oh go ahead i was just gonna say i think traveling is a great way to to learn yes it is and and i i hope that the more that we all travel, the more that um, it will be mutually beneficial for everyone that 
that I I can learn from them and they can learn from me. And and I've uh, I've noticed that especially countries, uh, developing countries are are very receptive and they they want to learn how to make their um, their restaurants and and their attractions more accommodating for everyone so that uh, having universal access in the end is beneficial for them and uh, and more people will will be able to to come and show the experience Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's such a powerful thing too like we've we've talked a lot about connection on our podcast and that's like such a great way to connect and and learn from each other and a lot of the issues I think we face today with diversity and acceptance come from just not connecting with people in that way so I think that's amazing stepping into the other person's shoes a little bit you know and when you travel you kind of do get a little perspective on that not fully you're not fully immersed but to some degree, you can see things from a whole new perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a taste. It's looking, looking through the looking glass and, uh, and just being able to, to start to understand. But you're right, you, you have to live there or, or be there for a significant amount of time to fully appreciate it. And, and uh, for everybody listening, if you have the opportunity to to meet with some locals and uh if you're fortunate enough for them to to welcome you into their home i think that that is really when you start to understand the culture and and the people and and really what it's like to live there because let's be real the food and stuff you see in resorts and touristy places is not is not the actual culture or the real food no yeah uh, a mcdonald's here is pretty much the same as a a mcdonald's everywhere so you're you're really missing out on culture if you you stick to places that you you know and that you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. agree agree yeah yeah and i think that leads nicely into um like why travel at all like we're because we talked a bit about some of the barriers um and yeah kind of it what's what's the value in traveling and i think we've kind of addressed that um but I yeah I, I, that we missed there i i don't think so i i encourage everybody to get out and uh travel obviously now now is a little bit more challenging but um but even if it's exploring uh like i said earlier a, a different part of where you live uh, something that you haven't seen before because there, there's so much to to see and to do and it just really takes um us to have the the motivation and the interest in in adventuring so um please yeah, look, look at the map and, and see what you've already streamed of or, or is there a place that you've never adventured to yet and uh, try it out. Take look at lots of pictures and, and share it with your friends and family and, and then hopefully that will um, 
pass on the the excitement and and then maybe they'll be interested in, in doing the same and it's true i mean through um the whole COVID experience i've noticed a lot more people notice those little pathways in the back you know like there will be a few trails near my neighborhood that you never see anybody in and then suddenly there's a huge group of people so it is doesn't mean exactly travel to a whole other place in another country where you don't speak the language and you know nothing of, which is exciting in its own ways, but also like learn a little bit about where you live, learn a little bit about your own country, see things from different perspective. I know my friend lives up North and things are very, very different up North than down here. So, and same with like, you know, province to province, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it has, I think, traveling and, like, getting to know new places and challenging your mind in different, and, and your body in different ways changes, changes your way of living overall, and I think for the better. Um, so, yeah, it's, traveling is such an amazing thing, and, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think you know that that kind of sums it all up kind of nicely uh, for the rest of the episode. I mean, if anybody has their own experiences they're willing to share, we're always willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much, Ian, for for sharing your experiences. Um, I yeah, I just t- this episode makes me really want to travel now, and I'm already <laughs> thinking, where can I go next? Um, so yeah, very inspiring in that way. Yes, thank you so much for coming and talking to us about all this. Again, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for letting me share my story. And yeah, I agree. I just having this conversation makes me want to um, to cancel all my meetings today and and go <laughs> for an adventure. So I um. Yeah, I, I hope other people uh, feel the same. It's it, it's really important. It's it's uh, good for your mental health, and um, and it's just a lot of fun. At the end of the day, that's it. Like to be able to to share memories with with friends and families and and strangers of of how how um, incredible it is. I think that's what makes it worthwhile and that's that's why i'm so addicted to it <laughs> i think everybody here is addicted to traveling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <I think> so. <laughs> um, and we will kind of get into social media stuff later but um i just wanted to make sure people know so you have a website with um some of the the things that you've learned but you've also taken things that other people have learned on their travels. Um, so any other sort of resources that people can go to to kind of get talk a bit about the, the, the groups um, for accessible travel as well. Um, but yeah, any, any other resources there where people can kind of go and get more information about traveling despite any barriers? But uh, okay, so to uh, to answer your question, um, yeah, feel free to uh, to check out my my website. I can resource.ca and click on the the travel button. Um, but also, there 
if you're on Facebook, I think that that's an excellent resource um, just to to do a search for like accessible travel or or if it's a, a country in particular, um, maybe maybe there's some information there and uh, and if not, then just Google like accessible Jamaica and, or, or wheelchair accessible Jamaica and, and see what shows up. And uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that there are a ton of resources available. Amazing. Thanks. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, yeah, thanks. And we'll be back with a, a new episode in two weeks. You can support the podcast by donating $1 or more on our coffee page. Um, that's ko-fi.com slash medicine in the kitchen. Uh, you can rate, comment, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Invite your friends to join our community and improve their health. You can follow us on our social media, uh, Felicia Senza ND and Sweet Nutritionista and I can resource. Awesome. We will be posting bi-weekly. Thank you for joining us. See you next time and happy healing.